how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Sapoyan. So I'm super excited to have in my office Impromptu, which is the way I want to do this. The reason it's set up in here is so that anybody that's visiting SADA, I can strong arm into doing a podcast. But it is my great pleasure to have with us today the godfather, the original, the guy who started it all at Google Cloud, before it was called Google Cloud. Welcome, Michael Luck. Thanks, Tony. Great to be here. It's a pretty impressive office. Thank you. It's been a while since you've kind of, I mean, you've been tracking us, but you probably didn't realize what everything was going on. I don't think you ever visited our headquarters before today either, so you didn't have like the full context. And no, now you I do. I did not. I did not. Yeah. You met with you know a couple of my executives, so you got the whole you got the whole lowdown. And uh, you know, I'm always one, and you know this because I've called you from time to time after like a big milestone, just like thanked you and. Like I'm one who really appreciates history and legacy and origin stories. I think it um, keeps us all grounded to remember where we all came from and the people who helped us get started. And you're definitely, it was like you and Dave G and, you know. Matt, people, Matt Gerard, Matt, Matt Glotzbach. Matt yeah. Glotzbach and just like literally a handful of people who believed in Google and the enterprise and believed in sort of the ragtag group of partners. <laughs> you guys had at the time, um, back in, you know, 2006, 2007. Well, well I, and when you, when you call me and say, I always say thank you, uh, I always come back and say thank you to, uh, uh, to you and, and to Sada, because if you go back to 2006, 2007, um, uh, the, you know, Google itself wasn't very partner-oriented at that time. And when we started the partner program, um, we didn't have tons of options, and the options we had were all these big Goliath dinosaur type consulting companies, uh, which were not at all fits for what Google was trying, uh, you know, trying to do. So it was, uh, it really was companies like like uh, like Sada who actually helped us get from back when we were doing like fifty million in revenue. Yeah. Um, and you helped us get to you know that that, that milestone of, of a billion dollars. So, yeah. so thank you. Yeah, you were there for that whole ride, which is which is amazing. And um, I think what our listeners want to hear about a little bit of the origin story of Google Enterprise, as it was called back then. A little bit of the you know anecdotes um, that are interesting, stuff that maybe I didn't even hear. But you told me a couple couple of things in here, like there was this question of. You know the investment from Google into this thing, which was a lot about the search appliance. You know before G Suite, um, but like, tell me, like, what were the early days like? Yeah, um, first of all, they, they were awesomely cool because Google wasn't that big, right? And even though uh, I joined in two thousand and five, just after the company got public, but you know, it was kind of a thing where Larry and Sergey were still kind of roaming the halls and. Yeah. I would go on sales calls with Eric, and and uh, it really was a very good time, you know, for Google. But the, the, I mean, the interesting thing about Google Enterprise is Dave was hired first, and then hired Matt and I to kind of build a a a corporate IT business. Yeah. And the person who really cared most about that was Eric Schmidt, because Eric Schmidt had come from that background. Right. The rest of the people at Google didn't come from that background. Right. right? 
Larry and Sergey had never worked at any other companies. Omid was uh, really more of an ad, you know, guy. So Eric, with his son background yep. and uh, and uh, his Novell background, was a guy who was like he understood this business and what what it potentially could be. Um, but the other thing was it, was, it was also at a time where, I mean, we started the Google search plan. When I joined, it was $6 million of, of ARR. Wow. And it was, it didn't have partners because we, we went, we were trying to be a full black box solution, just works, you know, completely there. Uh, and the business then, that search business grew from 6 million to 20 to 50 to $100 million pretty quickly. Yep. But at the same time, Google was going, um, $100 million wasn't very important to Google yeah. uh, because the ads business 2005 was just going through the absolute roof. Right. Um, so Dave and I, or mostly Dave uh, and Matt said, hey, if we don't, if we don't start to do more, um, then you know, it's going to be this successful business that topples Verity and Autonomy, but that nobody at Google cares about. Right. Because we're we're going to have to learn how to sell ads. Um, so a bit of the 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 that was like how then do we broaden the portfolio? Uh, we did maps yeah. uh, second, um, you know, to uh, to that, and then we did we we bought a company called Keyhole that became Google Earth, right? And that was the third business that was there. And then the real defining moment was February two thousand and seven when we launched Google Apps and the email slash collaboration business, much bigger than the other businesses we've been in. And then that business grew from zero to you know, 600, 700 million in five years. I mean, that's remarkable considering the first couple of years you were just giving it away to education. Yes. Like higher ed was the first customer base. Yeah, the first customer I think was uh, Arizona State University. Yep. And, uh, but it, you know, the story of, of, of Google Apps is when, when, we, when we got in the business, first of all, people were emailing us saying we would like to use Gmail to run our business. Right. Now, I said, oh, well, maybe we ought to make a business out of it. But we didn't have a calendar. We didn't have chat. Right. We didn't have, we just had an email system. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Dave and Matt said, hey, I think we should get in the business, I said, we don't have a calendar. They go, we're building one. Yeah. And I go, well, we don't have chat. And oh, we're, we're building one of those. Yeah. And so by launching the product then called Google Apps, which was then email, um, uh, calendar, a little bit of a chat. It had enough features, um, you know, to actually start to compete. Yes. Um, and then, you know, we, we, you were involved with Tony and Sada was involved in helping us, um, first in the mid market. And we were always, always reasonably successful in small business. Mm-hmm. It was cheap for in many, in many cases, the baby, it was free yep. or it was cheap. Um, then we, we, we did a little better in the mid market. Um, but then, you know, I, I worked with you, you know, on, on many of the first initial large wins yep. because large wins, there were a bunch of people who were dissatisfied with the state of the exchange marketplace at that, uh, That's right. at that time. Uh, and I think of a uh, city of LA yeah. as a, a deal that got done, you know, you know, just miles from this, uh, you know, from this uh, office here, which was a, a seminal fight in the cloud. Uh, 2008? Yeah, I'd say 2008. I'd have to, I'd have to go back and, yeah. you know, back in, uh. You know, back the- Still with us, uh, has a great CIO now, Ted Ross, doing amazing things, and still the largest city to be on G Suite, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. Day. No, and, and we were successful. Uh, we, we had Pittsburgh, we had Orlando, um, and yeah. the, the, 
you know, what, what we found, and I, you know, just to do a little commercial for the continued uh, awesome product that G Suite is, is that, you know, for, for, for healthcare, for, uh, for large uh, government organizations, it's an awesome product. Very hard to, to have traditional solutions in those, uh, uh, in those areas. And also, uh, because, the, because those organizations are highly distributed, you know, the idea back then of doing non-cloud-based solutions or on-premise solutions was very difficult for them. That's right. Um, so I know, I know when I when I look down of your roster of clients and see how many how many people you have in that area, um, that was uh, those those were important wins. And I don't, I don't think if we'd have won had if we'd have lost City of LA, we could have ever won the other cities yeah. or won State of Wyoming, um, uh, uh, a couple other states. Yep. Uh, that they're there, so that was there. Uh, but but it was also like some some big businesses that that uh, adopted that here. So it was like uh, it was a great time. And, and thanks to Sada and to you, Tony, for for betting on us, um, because you you were a little bit you we were little, but you were little. We were little, uh, yeah. yeah. And we had a Microsoft business. And you had Microsoft business, yeah. which you know, you know, I, you no, know. we don't. But we had yeah. one back then. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you about this. The education thing is really interesting because I don't know. Maybe you can tell me the insight. The number of large enterprises today that when they look at like a top five reason to go G Suite cite the fact that it owns now 80% of the higher education and K through 12 markets, meaning the graduates coming out of school, that's all they've used, that's what they've learned, they haven't even used anything else, and that is a recruitment tool slash a... Um, a signal to those people, you know, graduates entering the job market that this company's cool because they, they too are on G Suite. The number of people that cite that as a cultural slash recruitment tool is like almost all of them put in their top five. Did Google do that purposefully like yeah. back then? Yeah. Was that like and, a long term? Because uh, that's like a 10 or 20 year strategy you're deploying. It is. And, uh, and I have to say, I, I can take not only no credit, but I deserve, if it had gone the other way, I'd have deserved the blame. Uh, because I was advocating for us to have a a low price, not a not a zero price. Yeah. Um, but both Dave Gerard and then particularly Eric Schmidt said, no, we are we are going to give this away to education. And he cited Eric, if he had been in the business, quite experienced, said, hey, like DEC gave away computers to universities, mm-hmm. and IBM didn't. And it 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 you know people people forget Digital Equipment Corporation. Mm-hmm. And he goes like. That's what we're going to do. We can afford to do, we can afford to do it. They can't really uh, afford the product, uh, and it and uh, I was kind of bummed because I had a quota and I revenue. I wanted at least a little, uh, you know, a little a little little revenue uh, to uh, to do it. But it, it is really awesome uh, because again, I have I have teenagers or kids in their early twenties, and they are there's nobody in that demographic who says oh i prefer the exchange inter- the the office uh, interface nobody does yeah. and it's mind blowing to them that if they went to work at a company and they they couldn't exchange google docs that right. they that that would be blocked right. that would be of course people they grew up with collaborating on documents and yeah. i and i still consider that to be a feature that has not been well replicated even 10 years later by the competition. It's pretty remarkable that it hasn't. Yeah, but like, you know, my oldest is entering third grade and I got this email from the school, like, they're going to be issued Chromebooks. Yeah. <laughs> like, third grade. 
<laughs> That's pretty crazy. We, at, at my son's school, they actually had a, like they have, you know they, they have the auction right where you're raising yeah. money, but yeah. you can raise a paddle and buy a Chromebook. Right. So Chromebooks haven't haven't had the impact that I think we thought that they could potentially have uh, uh, worldwide and corporately. But it's just such a killer solution for education. Yeah. And the combination yeah. of G Suite and Chromebooks, um, that has been a, a really important piece. And I still think it's as, as Google, you know, it, it kind of blows my mind that Google should be winning all the time, all the G Drive business mm -hmm. and all the collaboration business because it's, it's what those kids learned on and it's still how you collaborate uh, on it. Yeah. You're gonna use Dropbox. Uh, yeah, Dropbox, nice yeah. product, but it's not. It's not the same as two people simultaneously editing a document or a spreadsheet, or five, or ten. Like okay. I don't know how we would get half the work done today without it. Ninety percent, I was like, ah. And it's weird because you know, once a company goes to that uh, way of working and that culture, and we've seen this when you know small companies get acquired by big companies, you 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 cannot take that product away. Yeah. Like they will not stand for it. They'll, they'll be like a revolt. Once people learn to work in this modality of real-time collaboration, they think it's ludicrous to go back to anything else. And they won't do it. Yeah. You see, uh, the, the only thing I've seen that's similar is uh, Slack. So yes. uh, it's interesting. My, uh, my wife works at, uh, at Oracle. And they, they are now a big Slack user, mm -hmm. even though that's not typically what an Oracle would get. And the reason that Oracle has become a big Slack user is as they've acquired companies, you know, th those companies can't imagine doing business without having Slack. And right. many, many of their engineering processes are linked in. So they said, we've right. we got to have Slack. That's right. And in many cases, that is what I believe the collaborative work features within Google Docs and in Google Drive actually are. I get it, it, to this day, if I, if I have to work with somebody at a different company, I send them a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind if they go, I, I send it to my personal Gmail. Yeah. Like, no, no, you, you know, like that. <laughs> so I, I, you know, notwithstanding the, 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 cause I think Microsoft has done a, a nice job of competing in the last few years against the broader uh, G Suite platform. Um, but it hasn't done a good job or replicated at all that feature, which is amongst the most important things you do in, 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 in work today. Like, how do you, Take a document and mm -hmm. work on it with multiple people. Look, the, the feature that's been around for 10 years, and I've had different conversations with other engineering teams. It's been around for 10 years. I think it was some of it was through acquisition, some of the tech. But I've been told that it's extremely hard to replicate that functionality technically. Like, it's an engineering feat to get, like, 10 people, 3 people, 5 people co-authoring in, in the same doc at the same time. I don't know. I think, it really I think the answer to that is to do it at the scale Google's doing to it. It is, it is a modern computing miracle. Yeah. And yeah, obviously the main competitors haven't been able to, um, uh, you, know, to, uh, you know, to replicate it. But it, you know, it takes me to kind of that, you know, it's like there are some things. And when you bet on Google back in the day, you know what I, I think what I was trying to sell you on it is there – Amongst the best computer science in the world is happening at Google, and it needs to be happening at Google because it turns out that if you're running Google Search or you're running YouTube, um, that you have to make major computing breakthroughs yeah. to make that uh, you know to make you know to make that happen.
and the concept uh, of Google Enterprise that then became Google Cloud is to take all that great goodness that's there and expose that um, to companies so that they can get the benefits of, of the engineering breakthroughs that Google has, has had to make to, to, run, to run its own business. For its own business, yeah. Um, and, and why I feel that ultimately Google will be successful here because there are, well, maybe there's one other company, but not even, not even Amazon or Microsoft itself has to run the scale that Google has to, especially global. Not that many, not as number of applications that they have to run at billion dollar, billion user, sub-millisecond response kind of scale. That, that's for sure. Which is, you know, as we talk about the evolution of, uh, of your business and, and of Google's business, you know, Google was late to expose, you know, uh, and build Google Cloud Platform yep. to the level that Amazon, uh, you know, uh, did. And at the, at the same time, you know, Google still has many, many um, really special candies in that candy store. Mm -hmm. um, that are going to be valuable uh, to uh, to people. So I, as uh, I, I'm not exactly sure who consumes this broadcast, but the you know that chunk of the business, which is now of course very large for Google, uh, and you think about you know if if G Suite is 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 disrupting the Exchange, SharePoint, Microsoft Office, you know search space, that's a that's a very big business to disrupt, but. You know, GCP, AWS, they're disrupting hardware, mm -hmm. uh, middleware, networking, mm -hmm. like massive, unbelievably huge, you know, businesses. Yeah. And, uh, and customers, uh, as learned as they are now about the cloud, are going to need help with that, with that transition across all the pillars that you and I talked about today. That's, that's a great just general segue because we also talked a little bit before we started the podcast is, you know, a decade ago, we had when we were selling to customers, we were selling them on two things. I remember distinctly, we were selling them on the validity of cloud as a concept mm -hmm. and a technology. Like, it's real, it's secure, it's here to stay. Yeah. Two is Google's seriousness <laughs> in the space. Yeah. Like, if we can convince them at one, like, cloud is real, then they were like, okay, but it's Google into it. Like, how has that... Obviously, cloud being real, we can take for granted, but how do you recall that versus what it is now in terms of just Google's focus? Yeah, well, it, it's, it's kind of funny to me uh, what I always say is that you're, you're right. So the beginning of 2005, 2006, 2007, you, you had to sell people on the cloud itself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, in 2019, it's hard to believe that you do that because everybody is cloud yeah. and everybody recognizes that. But it was very much... People are now cloud first, yeah. even big corporations. Yeah, that, uh, that, were, that were there. So just, so, and I remember being at the, with the CIO of Coca-Cola who, who would gain a meeting with me and talk about this kind of stuff. And then he just basically patted me on my head and said, we, we are not putting the secret formula in the cloud. Yeah. Uh, so there was, there, there was a lot of that, you know, that was... Uh, um, you know that was uh, that was that was uh, that was going on, and I, I remember there's somewhere I have a speech or a blog where I wrote like the seven reasons you move to the cloud, yeah. and, um, and and now other than regulatory reasons, and there are still some regulatory reasons where you cannot fully adopt multi-tenant cloud the way you know, there, 
But other than that, now everybody understands that it's more cost effective, that it's faster, that you deliver the applications and the updates way better than before. And it is, of course, now more secure mm -hmm. um, than, than, uh, than uh, on-premise computing because people forget how unbelievably non-secure yes. on-premise computing <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, is. So I, I remember telling that, you know, telling that story. I think for some applications, we're still telling that story. Um, for your second point on, I, I do, you know, I, I do remember a lot of questions from large CIOs about whether Google was, uh, you know, serious about this business uh, and jumping on a lot of planes and talking to CIOs, particularly CIOs who, who would have to ultimately. I always liked that about you, by the way. You'd be on planes a lot. I you talked to a lot of customers. I was it's like yeah. the IBM. Yeah, it's kind of what it, what, it, what it got. We, we talked a bit about like <laughs> as we moved to the cloud and we moved to this virtual Zoom. You know, hey, we're like, you know, when you're making big changes in any business, but particularly in technology, you know, face-to-face -face interactions, on-premise relationships are important. I'm not saying you have to do the whole sales cycle yeah, there, yeah. but you know, I, I often would fly across the country towards the end of the sales cycle to not only convince them that we were better than Microsoft, but that I would commit the full power of Google or what was within my power to making them successful. And, and I think Google has done, by and large, a pretty good job of living up to the promises that we made back then. Not, you know, like anywhere, not not 100%. Um, and there's been some wavering along the. Uh, the way, but now um, with Thomas at the helm, with Sundar's full commitment to this, with the with the size of the businesses that 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 Google is now competing against at Amazon and Microsoft, there isn't there isn't any question anymore. Um, I think there was probably in two thousand and five, like, hey, what, why would Google care about this little business? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a huge business now. The margins are are very um, uh, you know are very good. Um, obviously, a lot of Amazon's valuation is driven by what's happening right. at AWS. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think we're probably past that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think people have, can have legitimate questions about about you know is, is Google moving fast enough in each of these areas. Right. Uh, but it has, in my mind, still access to the best computer scientists in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it has the financial capability. The investment. Like, Capacity, yeah, like 10, ten billion a year, yeah. you know, plus. and and uh, and clearly now the the will to try to win. So um, hopefully all those things add up to good things for Sada because you yeah. you bet on us early when when well e either the big guys wouldn't bet on us or we didn't want them yeah. or nobody else was interested in us. <laughs> right. No, and I think part of it is um, perseverance and a belief that this modality is what's best for customers and this is the path that customers choose when they want to deliberately disrupt and transform the way they do things this is a choice against the status quo and we actually love that and we love the the model how it's consumption based and it's it's sort of in the favor of this lifetime value mentality in terms of how, how enterprise software delivers value, because that's very different than the, you know, on-premise, you buy a bunch of it at a time and you hope that it works, or in some cases, ever gets deployed, 
right? Like this is like we have to prove value to the customer at every step. And we just love the business model. We think it is creating real value for our customers and it's transforming culture for the users, whether mm -hmm. they're in tech and DevOps and the way that they push applications is completely different now. They can compete better on, on their, the, the customer experiences they're creating for their end customers or or you know workforce transformation when they're choosing to live a, an open collaborative world where every user is a first class citizen in the collaboration platform because it doesn't matter what device they're on it doesn't matter if they're never in front of a computer like this is the path that we're uh, helping customers evaluate and deliver and be on and be successful and you know back then like we knew in 2007 and 8 that cloud was the model, but nobody else was doing it. Yeah. Right? And now it just proved to be on the right side of history. Yeah. And uh, let me tell one more story here. So yeah. I remember debating. We had a, back then, we used to bring, uh, uh, we, we had a small event called Atmosphere. I remember Gerard, that. Uh, yeah. And we would bring predominantly tech leaders in there. And I remember being in a debate with a series of CIOs about the cloud. And by this point, we were now going, okay, we got it. We're, we're going to use the cloud for uh, packaged applications. Like, we, okay, great. So, yes, of course, we should put our email in the cloud. And we're going to put our HR in the cloud with Workday. And we're going to put our in the cloud. Sierra in the cloud. Yeah. But then one CEO said, well, 50% of my application footprint is not packages. They're mm -hmm. things that I build for our business individually. How is the cloud going to... Um, you know, help with those. And for a while, we didn't have a good answer for that. You know, could these be multi-tenant? Well, you know, that, that's, uh, that's there. But now what we're seeing is with this whole digital transformation wave is that one of the big areas that I, I think is happening is that what those CIOs are not doing, they're doing is that they're not taking their old application and just shifting it to the cloud. They're having to reimagine the customer experience and then build a whole new application. That's right. And when you do that, you say, what platform am I going to build that on? And of course, there is actually, only, it would be almost impossible to reimagine at least customer-facing applications being built on on-premise applications and scale. That's right. Uh, so that's a huge area. The, the other area that, that, that we, I don't think you and I envisioned when we partnered together you know, back in the day is the emergence of analytics. And yes. so um, I think that's a big area of opportunity for customers uh, and again, imagine the amount of data that we are creating now, putting that on-prem yeah. or even starting yeah. building all that stuff yourself. Yeah. Oh, even today when I hear, oh, we're going to buy Snowflake and we're going <laughs> to in install it and then we're going to yeah. do this. And like, you know, like this, you know, we're going to take all the data, we're going to stick it in a big cloud data store mm -hmm. and we're going to use, you know, the tools that are brought by, by, by places like Google to build not only analytics, like what has happened, but predictive analytics as to what is going to happen. And That's I would right. say those, you know, of, of the areas in the GCP area that, uh, that I'm most excited would be A, analytics, and then B, this new wave of application development. Yeah, which uh, is a distinct, I think developers prefer GCP. I've heard from many of our customers, especially in the startup realm. And I think those are areas that Google certainly has a distinct advantage. But you know, I think the lift and shift, the lift and modernize, I think we still got to win that, win those, even though 
others have, you know, multi-year head start. Um, but it's an exciting journey ahead. I'm glad we still get to hang out and talk and you get to give me some great advice. And um, I really appreciate you stopping by today and, and doing this with, you know, I just basically ambushed you with this idea. That's right. We, we, we have to stop because A, we're probably out of time. And then B, my son is uh, got to get to baseball practice. That's right. And you got to get all the way to Orange County from here. So <laughs> thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for having appreciate me. It. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with